Welcome to The Proper Atmosphere, the podcast that creates a learning environment for personal growth and peak performance. I'm your host, Dan Mickle, a mental performance coach with passion for unlocking the hidden potential within each of us. Whether you're an athlete, an artist, a professional, or simply someone striving for greatness, this podcast is designed to guide you on your journey from good to great. But this show just isn't about theory, it's about practical application. And that's why we want to hear from you, our listeners. Your questions, your challenges, and your aspirations are the fuel that drives this podcast forward. Together, we will tackle the hurdles standing in our way and provide you with accountable advice backed by years of experience in the field of mental performance coaching. So... Whether we're looking to, you know, take the edge off an athletic pursuit or enhance your creative abilities or even striving for better results in your professional life, join us here on The Proper Atmosphere and together we'll create the optimal conditions for your success. Get ready to harness the power of your mind and unlock your true potential. And thank you again for joining me this week. And this week's question comes from Sarah, a swimmer in California, who writes, Hi, Coach Dan. My name is Sarah, and I'm a swimmer from California. I'm reaching out to you because I've been struggling with my pre-race anxiety. Swimming has always been a big part of my life, but lately I've been getting really nervous before my races. I worry about messing up and disappointing my coaches and my teammates, and it's affecting my performance, and I know I need to work on managing this. I am hoping that you can help me develop some sort of coping strategies for my pre-race nerves and teach me how to stay focused during competition. I'm excited to learn from you and take my swimming to the next level. Thank you for your time and consideration. Sincerely, Sarah. Sarah, this is probably, and I I feel like I say this every episode, one of the most common things that we come across. Um, Pre-race and and pre-competition anxiety is huge at every level, but we see it a ton at the youth sports, especially high school club sports and entering into the college because there just seems to be so much pressure. The thing is that typically this anxiety is caused by different things. So that's what we want to explore. We want to sit here and look at and try and figure out what are some of the things that might be causing this anxiety and not just attack it as, hey, this is anxiety in general. So some of the things that we want to look at are fear of failure. Um, You know, typically athletes experience this when they feel like they're not meeting up to their expectations or the expectations of others. And, And you touched on that a little bit about, you know, feeling about disappointing your coaches and your teammates. So I think probably one of the root causes of your issue is fear of failure and how it affects those around you. I'm sure you worry about how it affects you, but then there's also that component of how it's affecting those around you and those that you care about. Another area is social evaluation, and that's just the presence and the pressure of having to perform in front of others, in front of an audience, in front of parents, in front of peers, um, can really contribute to that. Lack of preparation. If you feel like you haven't been training hard enough or training correctly and now you have to compete, um, we tend to create some anxiety there because we feel like we're not ready. And then obviously personality factors, uh, whether you're someone that has perfectionism or high levels of self-criticism can, can increase that anxiety. So we also have to look at kind of what is your makeup? What, what's, you know, 
what are you like as a person? Is that contributing to it? So maybe it's not even that much to do with the competition or the sport. It's just your makeup and how you live your life normally if you're very self-critical of everything, not just in athletics, can bring something into that. Physiological responses as well. Um, sometimes something's happening with your body, you're not feeling right. That can cause that anxiety. It really has nothing to do about your mental prep, prep or what you're working on, but it's something going on with your body and that's causing the anxiety. Maybe you feel like, uh-oh, I feel like maybe I'm cramping or you're just not feeling at your peak physical performance. That can cause um, some of that. So that kind of leads us into then what are some of the effects of the anxiety? And those kind of go hand in hand because it can work the other way as well. If you're having this pre-game or pre-match or pre-competition anxiety, it can then cause a physio physiological response. Uh, it can increase your heart rate, you know, sweating, get the tremors, um, heightened muscle tension, and that can all affect your physical performance. So that's kind of a two-way street, right? Where if you're having physiological problems, that can affect your anxiety. Or if you're having anxiety, that can affect your physiological problems. So we you know, want to take some time to explore that and see is there anything going on in those aspects as well. Another effect of competition or pre-competition anxiety is the cognitive effect. It can impair your concentration, your attention, uh, decision-making abilities, you know, how quickly you turn on a lap or how you enter the water coming off the blocks. All those decisions that normally come pretty easy can start to get a little foggy because you're starting to have this anxiety. So it can affect the, the cognitive effects and, and how we make those decisions. And then obviously the big one that most of us see is the emotional impact. When we're having that pre-competition anxiety, we feel overwhelmed or we feel filled with self-doubt. We become irritable. Maybe there's a sense of dread, almost a depression-like, and that can hamper the performance as well. So we have to kind of attack this in multiple ways. First, we have to figure out what the causes are, and then we have to kind of work on the strategies and figure out where we're at. So when it comes to what are some of the skills and how can we work on that, there's a bunch that we're going to talk about here. But for me, the biggest one, and this goes for any sport, any level, and even if you don't typically experience performance anxiety, I think the biggest thing that we need to do is, is develop routines. We want to make sure that we establish pre-competition routines that give you a sense of familiarity and reduce that anxiety. We want to do maybe existing rituals, you know, listening to certain songs or certain music, how you stretch, doing a specific warm up before you get into the pool. All that can signal to the mind like, hey, I'm ready to flip that switch and we're going from practice or relaxation into competition mode. And I think a lot of times we miss that with athletes, especially in the junior high and high school, where we just get off the bus and we go compete. We don't establish those rituals. But when you look at some of the top elite performers in any sport, whether it's Michael Phelps, you know, in swimming or Andy Roddick in tennis, they all have pre-competition rituals that they go through, what music they listen to, how they stretch. And again, I think too many times we skip that in the youth world. We're so rushed at times. 
we haven't developed that discipline yet to slow things down. We want to get on that court or we want to get in the pool and we're just ready to go, go, go that we don't value the, the pre-competition time that we have and that we should use. So I think that's step one of what we would look at is how can we develop that routine? So whether you're swimming at eight in the morning or six at night, whether in your home pool or visiting pool, indoor, outdoor, you go through that same routine every single time. And we can modify it, you know, if there's times that we're worried that uh, we don't have time. Maybe, you know, something happened and our timelines change a little bit. Maybe we can change that routine that we've developed, but we still want to try to keep it as consistent as possible. And that also goes into the time management. And I think this is something that most people feel they're really good at, but we're actually not. A lot of times we feel like we have a lot more time than we do, or we over plan and then we end up running late. So we want to make sure that we become really effective, especially as a high performing athlete with our time management, everything from how we rest, how we recover to how we sleep, um, you know, how we do that pre match or pre competition routine, all that we need to look at and make sure that we have effective time management. Again, being rushed is probably a, a pretty big cause of anxiety in most younger athletes. We get there and it's, oh my gosh, we got to go. So make sure that we look at the effective time management. Then we kind of get into the nuts and bolts um, and, and where it gets a little bit more specific. And the first thing is we need to look at goal setting in the sense of are you having anxiety and fear of letting down your teammates and your coach because maybe we didn't set the right goals or we didn't set any goals. So we don't really know what we're competing for or what the actual, you know, end process is. And we've talked a lot of times before about doing smart goals and you can go listen to all those other podcasts about goal setting and, and find more information. I, I don't want to, spend a ton of time on it because it, it's a bit redundant, but we should make sure that we have that sense of purpose every time we compete. And for you, Sarah, every time you get in the pool, what is the goal of you getting in this pool? Is this realistically a goal of you winning this or are you looking to improve your time? And I think that's where we need to make that switch. Instead of putting the pressure on ourselves, like I have to win this for my team, Look at it as the process and say, I need to swim the best that I can swim today. And there can be a lot of factors in that. You know, maybe you're coming off back-to-back -back competition days. Or maybe you're nursing an injury. Your best today may not be your best that you have down the future, but you can't control that at the moment. So you want to try and do your best that you can today. One of the ways I love working with athletes with this particular thought is... Think of, you know, your performance of a scale of one to 10 and 10 would be that at the peak of your career, whenever that is, whether it's when you're 18, when you're 25, you know, maybe you're an Olympic athlete, the peak of your career, what you think that would be, that would be 10. Where are you at now? And let's say, okay, if you know, competing on the Olympic roster would be the peak of my career. I would probably say that I'm at a six right now. 
So every time I compete, I need to make sure that I'm the best six that I can be. I'm not trying to be that 10 that I'm going to be down the road. That will come. But a lot of times we we compete ourselves out of good positions because we overcompete. We try to do too much and we break our process and we break what we've been training because we're trying to do too much. So Sarah, kind of look at where you're at now and say, okay, if I'm a freshman in high school and 10 level would be where I'm at as a senior. So maybe today I'm at a seven. You want to get into that pool and swim your best seven that you can. You strive to be that seven. And then as the season progresses, maybe you're 7.5, maybe you're 7.9. So now you're trying to be your best 7.9 that you can be. We're not trying to outdo and, and compete at a level that's completely out of our goal. So we, we have to look at our goal setting and see where we're at and really focus on the process. And then we also have to break down any of those larger goals. If your goal is, hey, I want to win a conference championship this year as a junior. Instead of keeping that as your goal, let's break that down. What does that mean? You know that you're going to have to swim a certain time. So now instead of making it, hey, I want to win districts as a swimmer, your goal is now that you want to reach that time that you know is typically in the range of a district winner. And now we break that down. So I need to have a split time of something. I need to make sure my turns are on this pace. And we break down those larger goals into smaller goals. And that's how we use the goal setting part to kind of help us with that anxiety. All right. So we have the routine. We're going to look at how we develop that routine. We're going to look at our time management to make sure that we have plans for every amount of time, whether there's a lot of time or a short time before competition. We want to look at our goals and what our goal setting is. Then we want to look at kind of how do we relax? What's our relaxation techniques? Do we do deep breathing? Do we do pro progressive muscle relaxation? Or maybe we do it as part of our visual visualization or imagery sequence where we run the race in our head. Not enough people put enough attention on relaxation. And the problem with that is we perform best when we're relaxed. Not only do we perform best, but we learn best when we're relaxed. That's why if you're put in a really stressful situation, it's hard to learn a new skill. So we want to make sure that we start at a good starting point. And we do that by doing some deep breathing or progressive muscle relaxation. And maybe you do that right before you get on the blocks to hop in the pool or before you get subbed into the game or right before the game starts. You know, if you're a basketball or volleyball player or before you take the field in baseball, or before you pitch in baseball or softball. You want to go through, a, okay, I'm going to do some cycle deep breathing, and then I'm going to go into progressive muscle relaxation because we want to make sure that we're as relaxed as possible because that's when we're going to perform our best. It's also when our cognitive function is going to work the best. So when we have to adjust because something's different or something happens that we're not prepared for, when we're relaxed, we're able to deal and adjust with that more. All right. And then the last one that I really want to hit on is our self-talk. What is going through your head while you're swimming? If you're having those negative thoughts, I can't swim fast enough or I'm not doing this right. We just need to learn how to turn them around. And for me, a real easy way right 
off the start to fix self-talk is just add the word yet to the end of it. I can't make this shot yet. I can't swim this time yet. It turns it from the negative of I can't swim this time to, okay, there's a possibility and I'm going to work and I'm going to try to grow. So I can't swim this time yet, but I know that I'm going to, and that's going to motivate you. And it kind of puts that, that self doubt on the back burner and kind of flips it. We are our biggest critic, right? No one is probably harder on ourselves as athletes and performers and as workers as ourselves. So we need to find a way to combat that inner critic. I love naming it. I, I have all my clients name their inner critic. You can name it Bob. You can name it Sally. Whoever you want to represent the negative thought critic that happens in your head. And what you can do is kind of just put that critic in their place. Oh, you can't swim this fast enough. Well, Bob, yes, I can, because I've been working every day this week. I've been in the pool for three hours a day, five days a week, working on my technique. So yeah, I can actually do this. You're just trying to get me not to. And almost put it on trial, put that inner critic on trial and point out to the critic who obviously is pointing out to yourself all the work and what you have done to actually succeed at what you're about to do and why you deserve to be there and, and just shut down its argument. Look, look, Bob, I do deserve to be here because I've worked hard. I've won these races and I've proven that I can swim with these other swimmers. And it just takes that critic kind of out of their game because you're providing actual factual argument. Now, obviously you're going to look a little weird if you're standing poolside, having this full blown argument with yourself, but we want to take the time to recognize it and switch that negative self-talk into a positive and put that critic on trial. So the, those are the big ways I think that we need to attack this, Sarah. So if I'm, I'm giving you a plan, and I guess I should say, as I say it every episode, basically, but we, we need to journal more as athletes, especially if we want to be high level athletes, because journaling and writing down what we're going through pre-competition, post-competition, reflection is really what helps guide us on where we need to work on and also shows us our improvement. So my suggestion, Sarah, would be let's let's start the journaling process and in the journal, let's go through and develop what's our pre-competition routine. Let's make sure that I have enough time and I'm managing the time that I have and I can look at, okay, I'm getting enough nutrition. I'm getting enough warm up. I'm getting enough rest. And things are stable around me. So I'm developing this routine and I have effective time management because I'm logging and journaling and writing down what I'm doing. And then I know what my big goal for the season is. And I know what my goal is for this specific match or specific race. And you can even break it down into the specific moment. But breaking it down and seeing it is going to help you because you know what you're trying to do. And then as you work through the relaxation, okay, I'm going to go do my breathing before I swim and maybe progressive muscle re relaxation. And then when we're in the moment, that's when the critic hits, right? And that's when it we start to get that self-doubt maybe. But because we've been writing this down and we've been journaling it and we've been creating this narrative of who we are, we can fight 
and silence that critic by telling it facts. No, I've worked hard. I've been working on this skill. I'm prepared. I'm ready. You're just trying to protect me because that's what self-doubt does. It wants me to be safe and comfortable, but I'm okay going outside of my comfort zone because I've worked on this and I'm ready to go. Again, the biggest problem that I have that I see in youth sports specifically is we don't journal. And I know it takes time, but if we're not journaling, then we don't have a way to really self-reflect. And without reflection, there's no growth. We have to make sure that we're reflecting on what we're doing so we can see the growth and know how we're growing. But if we're not taking the time to journal and write that down, it just kills that whole process. So everything that we do has to start with some sort of journaling and reflection and then moving into those other skills that we talked about. It's, it's like a menu and you're pulling off everything you need to create this plate of greatness. So what all are you going to add to your plate to make it the plate of greatness? What time management skills are you going to do? How are you going to change your self-talk? How are you going to relax? All of that. <clears throat> Again, we tend to, to think of anxiety as, okay, I just need to push myself and do better. But there's a lot of things that go into it. And there's a lot of things that we can do before we compete that will help us with that anxiety. So Sarah, I hope that really helps out. I know that's a ton of information. Again, go out right now, get a journal and start today. How you feel, what you're going to train in, and then reflect after your training. This is what I did. This is what I felt good. This is what I need to work on. And every day, start that journaling. And now look at all the other things, the, the, the time management. How are you managing that time? How are you relaxing? How are you turning around that critic and the negative self-talk? And we can even go deeper than later. You know, if you're still struggling, we can venture into visualization and how we can visualize you swimming that competition and winning the competition or swimming your best at that competition. Those are all things to start with. But I think the big first step is making sure that you journal, knowing what your goals are, and then reflecting in that journal. And that's going to help you silence the critic. Time management is going to get better because you're writing down and you're knowing what every step is what you're doing. All right. Thank you for tuning into the proper atmosphere. And thank you, Sarah, for writing into your question. Remember to follow us on all social media at Real Dan Mickle and visit our website at properatmosphere.com. You can find us on all major podcasting sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I want to remind you to check out our sponsor, Soul Performance Academy, at their website, soulperformanceacademy.com, and across all their social media at 717-SOUL. And if you're looking for additional resources, there's some great books out there. The Mindful Athletes, Secrets to Pure Performance by George Mumford. Performing Under Pressure, The Science of Doing Your Best When It Matters the Most by Henry Weisinger. And Chop Wood, Carry Water, A Guide to Finding Spiritual Fulfillment in Everyday Life by Rick Fields is a great book. Check out the show notes for any of those additional resources. And again... We love hearing from you, so make sure you send it in, and we will see you next week for the next episode of The Proper Atmosphere.